The following program is rated BBMALSA. It contains strong language, sexual situations, awesomeness, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Listener indiscretions are advised. Welcome to our Bliss Bringers podcast. The materials we cover encourage adults of all ages, nationalities, and sexualities to open up and embrace their wildest desires and blissful pleasures. You won't find medical advice here, just our personal experiences following the journey of sexual evolution and education in sizzling fun topics that were definitely not taught to us in school, but have wickedly blossomed into reality. We discuss adventures in ethical non-monogamy, kinks and fetishes, exotic places to visit, sexy events, workshops, and tips. Allow us to seduce you into embarking on new adventures where each day you ask yourself, what's your pleasure? Hello, everybody, again. In this episode, we have some history lessons for you guys. Not the boring ones, just the naughty ones. The story begins in L.A., where we drop in with Mr. Bill for Mr. Cindy's birthday. And I end up, well, sort of getting busy with a friend while Bill and Mr. Cindy partake in a little bit of alcoholic beverages and start chatting about things. Here's what follows. Mr. Bill. Yes, darling. We're going to do a podcast together because uh, John is on his back on the sofa John has had a very strenuous evening this evening, and he has spent himself. So, therefore, <laughs> Mistress Sin and I are going to have a little podcast. Well, I need to do something with someone because John is spent. I think Sydney fucked him. Uh, I tried playing with you in there, and you were like, uh. I said I couldn't come. No, you had fuck stupid written all over your face. <laughs> Don't you think Sydney fucked him stupid? I think she did. Fucked him silly. She fucked him stupid anyway. It's funny because she actually looked like she, she got looked fucked. She a little spent when she walked out of the here. The two tonight. of them. I, oh my God. Oh my do God. you think we may have had like a, what do they call that in chess? Stalemate. Stalemate. Checkmate. No, no, no. checkmate Stalemate. is when you take Stalemate. the partner yeah, down. Yeah. Stalemate's right. like, oh, dude, I'm fucking out of here. You're out of here. We're spent. Let's just call this even, Steven. So, Miss Sin. Now that you are down here in Southern California, why did you uh, make the trip from Northern California to Southern California to see Mr. Bill? Because we missed you. We missed you, and it's my birthday weekend. I know, and that's so. That is so sweet that you're spending your birthday weekend with me. Yeah, the strange thing is, I actually miss you. I uh, think that is John. So sweet. You keep throwing these gummy worms at Mr. Bill. Throw them back. No, I'm not gonna throw them back. I'm eat them. Not a worm. It's age. For horny. <laughs> horny. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, for my birthday, John asked what I wanted, and I said, I want to fly down to spend my weekend with Mr. Bill. And Victoria S. is flying in from London. Victoria S. is flying into London in about uh, 40 hours. Yeah. And then Miss Alaska. Miss Alaska is flying in about... Uh, 24 hours after that, uh-huh. we're going to have a hot time. Pendragon's Lair is going to get used <laughs> a lot this weekend. Pendragon's Lair has already begun getting used. Is there is there a certain sexual odor in the air? Uh, yeah, it's called sex. Sex. Good job. All right. Uh, that so wasn't me. Sin. That was me. That was what John. What is on the agenda for tomorrow? We're going to have Saturday. Well, sleep first thing in the morning. And then, uh, 
I need my beauty rest. And then aren't we having brunch with some friends of We're yours? We're having brunch from some a couple of old friends of mine that uh, helped me that were all around a long time ago when the um, Society of Janus was a functioning party before it turned into Threshold. Really? And they were part of the conversion from Janus to Threshold. And um, we have always stayed in touch. And Walt and Ann are two really, really cool people. And you'll enjoy meeting them tomorrow. Are they still into BDSM? They Well, Kink? I think Fetish? they still think about it. But uh, they're probably not uh, as active as they once were. There's two couples, Bob and Diane and Walt and Ann, that I get together with. And these are couples that go back to the early foundings of the BDSM community here in the city of Los Angeles. We had a little club called Persinium that ran for about eight years. And what year are we talking about? Oh, we're talking about from about uh, 1993 to 2001. No way. Way back. There was shit going on back then. There was shit going on back then. Can you, you imagine You were freaky deaky back I then? Was freaky deaky back then. Uh, you and uh, what would bring these equipment and what we would do is, is Persinium would uh, have a party on the fifth Saturday of every month, which means we only had four parties a year, which was really good because we did not compete with uh, Threshold or um, They the have freaky deaky shit that goes oh, on yeah. over there. And um, they would have parties on the second and the fourth or the first and the third. So we had them on the fifth when nobody else was around. So we always had really good attendance at our parties. And Walt would bring his things. And the great things about our parties, or the proscenium parties, is they were always held at an X-rated adult video movie studio. Was it sticky? Did your shoes no, stick? No, the sh- floors weren't <laughs> sticky. But the main thing about it was they would have a shoot going on, or they'd have one the next day or whatever. So they'd have all these scenes set up. And so every time we rented the studio, they'd have a different scene, and they'd have different things. And we would always pay to have them lit you know, and Walt would bring his equipment in and we'd set it up and, you know, Shit. people would come in and, and we'd have great times. And of course, you know, at a BDSM, or I'm sorry, at a adult X-rated video studio, what do you think might happen at one of those places? There might have been a little of that that took place that transpired itself. <laughs> My God, I'm just thinking like being in the young 20s and 30s, most people, well, the people I ran around with, we were all like running around with the local bands and we thought that was really cool just to be, I don't know, like groupies and stuff. And yet you're running around with all these X-rated fetish people and, well, you're kind of being a groupie too, only that you're having sex. Well, we were, I cannot, I should not out people about things like that. However... <laughs> I can guarantee you it wasn't popcorn that was going on in those It wasn't popcorn that was just popping? Nope. <laughs> popcorn that was just popping. <laughs> oh, baby, you can oh, pop baby. my kernel. There hey, you go. I just want you to look over here at the sofa and look what your protege is I doing. I know. My protege is over here. He's about ready to go to sleep. Well, He's, he has spent himself. John has his black, he, he skivvy underwear. He He has... He has. He's got that European look a, like, oh, man, I'm spent. My cock feels good. He, he, <laughs> He has acquainted himself well this evening. I know nothing. We outsourced to him. We both enjoyed watching and we didn't do shit. (laughs) Well, we did sort of get in there in the middle and sort of... It was uh, fun. We we sort of encouraged with our hands and our mouths a little bit. Yeah, you guys did all the hard work. We just enjoyed touching and pinching, (laughs) flicking. We just had John pile driving the whole night long. (laughs) His signature move. His signature move. Hold on. 
That sort of sounds like it. Yeah, that's a signature move. If you hear that going on, oh, John's home. I know. Miss Miss Sin and I, Miss Sin and I were sitting out here very innocently having a conversation in the in the uh, living room, and there was this going on. No, it wasn't. It was doing this. It wasn't. There wasn't any whistling. Oh, that's true. It was. And it wasn't someone clapping their hands. I wonder what that sound might have been. Anyway, so tomorrow after we go to breakfast, we're going to do a little shopping. What 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 are we shopping for tomorrow? I need to get a new flogger because I lost my favorite one at Fetish and Fantasy. So uh, I'm hoping SoCal has a good store where we can pick up a really good quality one. Well, we have two stores we're going to go to tomorrow. And one of them is the stock room, which my friend Joel has yep and we are partners with them affiliates if we don't find anything at the stock room we're going to the pleasure chest and see what they have i need a good leather shop not mm. just a novelty shop might have to ask aragon what's going on see what kind of floggers he may have oh Air- poor aragon was telling me just the other night that he is his inventory is very low he needs to make some more because he's sold <sighs> a bunch of his uh, floggers these days of course when i want to buy one oh well oh well We'll, we'll have to talk to him tomorrow and see if he can bring one. We so after we go shopping tomorrow, what are we going to do? After shopping for floggers, I uh-huh. want to go shopping for naughty mistress wear. Ooh, I totally want wear. a new dress. Oh, there's there's several places we can go to. A good latex one. Oh my god, the uh, stockroom has some very nice latex dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing in Northern California. We go to you know we're in San Francisco and there's nothing. And when we ask the fetish boutique owners mm-hmm. uh, down off of Folsom, they said that they don't have anything like that. Oh that my just God. blows me away. The stockroom has some really cool things. They do have some yeah. custom people, you know, custom designers up in Oakland. But I just want to walk in and buy something off the rack. Well, we'll be at the stockroom, so we'll definitely find something. That's good. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention, I like your designs on your bed. I noticed that you have straps on your bed. Where did you get them? Well, you know, there is a certain organization called Sports Sheets, who I have had the pleasure of knowing the owner, the founder of this, and um, I was able to acquire from him some thing that goes underneath the mattress, and it has straps that come out of all four corners, and actually from the side, too, so there's six-point suspension. So it's basically a sheet. It's sports sheet. Well, no, I don't have the sheet. I just have the straps that go underneath the bed that come out so that you can tie somebody's hands and feet and uh, their waist or their thighs and secure them securely to your bed. I really love their sports sheets. Their sports sheets are hot. I'm telling you. Yep. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you'd think that you've got this little sheet with this little Velcro thing that you put your wrists in. Oh, I can get out of that in a heartbeat. Uh Uh-uh, it's industrial Oh my God, it's industrial strength. It's like, you know, King Kong couldn't get out of this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I like it that way. The boys can't get away from me, but the girls can't get away from me. Sports sheets is some really cool stuff, and they might be joining us at our function tomorrow night. Oh, really? That yes. would be fun. Tell them to bring their sheets. Yes, Tom and uh, his partner might be there tomorrow night. That would be very cool. Mm-hmm. Love their stuff. Yep. I think we just lost John, by the way. You went to bed? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. Got fuck silly. <laughs> or stupid, as the case may be. I think he got fuck stupid and silly. Yeah, I think they both did. I hope, like, I hope Sydney makes it. 
<laughs> makes it home driving. Yep. Does she have enough brain to get home? I think that she'll do fine. She was able to speak to her GPS and said, GPS. And the GPS said, what? Home. <laughs> I said, okay, sweetheart. Wow, she's multi-orgasmic. That was really hot. She was too, wasn't she? Yeah, touching her pussy while John was fucking her. Oh, I know. Yum. I had my hands all over her breasts. I had them all over her pussy. I, did you really? Yeah. I had my hand right there close. As his cock was going in and out of her, Ooh. I just kind of like opened Ooh. up my pointer finger and my middle finger and just let the cock slide in between my fingers and her pussy. And then I just rubbed and God, it was hot. That's pretty hot. It was hot feeling her come and hearing her come. Yep. 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 She definitely uh, convulsed there Mm -hmm. a bit, didn't she? Several times. (laughs) I'm jealous. You know, she's got those uh, multi orgasms. That's fantastic. I love Mm -hmm. women like that. Mm -hmm. Must be nice. Mm -hmm. So tomorrow night, we're going to a function at Dragon's Gate. Yep. Where we've been too many times before. Yep. Yeah. That has yep. lots of toys to play with, lots of people to watch. Yeah, we lots of people to talk to. I think John brought a lot of his toys, otherwise I'm using yours. Well, I, I don't think he brought toys. the electricity stuff. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's right, I have my electricity. He loves playing with the electricity. I love the electricity. I love my violet wand. Yeah. Looks really cool. I like Feels it really too. Cool. I like it when I hold your hand. And then there are just innocent people, bystanders, off to the side, and I just zap them. And I get the girls to giggle, and then I zap the guy, and I get him to giggle, and then I do the lick on the skin. And, you know, one thing leads to another, and next thing I know, I've got the guy's britches down to his ankles, and then I do the electricity lick. You know that uh, shortly after the Dragon's Gate party, I'm on my way to Burning Man. Yep. And I'm taking the Violet Wine with me to Burning Man. That's good. Do you know how much fun the violet wand is at Burning Man? I was freaking out thinking, you're not supposed to have electricity around dust. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a problem at all. I freak out over that stuff. There are a tremendous amount of people that enjoy the violet wand at Burning yeah. Man. Yeah, absolutely. And they will do how could they not? just about anything to be zapped by the violet wand. It's funny, you're out in the middle of the desert, and technically there isn't any electricity that is out there except... The people that bring generators. And the camp that I camp with brings a generator, so we have lots of power. Mm-hmm. And so we have lots of 110 uh, power available to power the Violet Wand. And uh, it is so yeah. much fun. It is fun. We need to get like a s- solar battery one. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> Brilliant. And I. Brilliant. And a certain person were supposed to do Wicked Wednesday from 8 to 11 bar shift. Now it's only Brilliant and I. Victoria S.'s playa name is brilliant. We That's all go right. by playa names. Mr. Bill's playa name is Kahuna. Everybody Big knows him as Kahuna. <laughs> That's right. In fact, he has a group called Kahuna's Coconuts. And I'm a coconut. And and uh, Miss Cindy is a coconut. And Victoria S. gave me my playa name of Wicked Tigger. <laughs> Wicked Tigger. Yeah, you know Tigger, Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only that like Wicked it. Tigger comes out <laughs> at nighttime. <laughs> You I, did come out at nighttime. Yeah, I did. Well, it's hard to come out in the daytime when it's 105 degrees. Fuck, 105? That's like springtime. It feels like it's 120 during the afternoon there. It's so hot. What a great conversation we're having tonight. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to turn in. I'm like really, really tired. There you go. All right. All right. Good night. This is Mr. Bill. And this is Mr. Cindy. We're signing off. Good night, everyone. Ta-ta. <laughs> 
this is Emily from Cassidy, and you can find me and hundreds of other sexually social swingers at Cassidy.Blissbringers.com. And that's spelled K-A-S-I-D-I-E. All right, this is Mr. Bill at uh, DomCon, and I am uh, sitting at a couple of old, old friends, not that they're that old, that I've known for a long time. These uh, two people go back to the beginning of the uh, BDSM part of yeah, Los Angeles. I was the Marquis de Sade's roommate. That's right. And I was around when they invented rope. So let me introduce you to Ernest Green and his lovely wife, Nina Hartley. Ernest, I see you're selling a book here today. You want to tell us a little bit about the book and, and where it came from? Yes, I am here, as you'll pardon the expression, flogging my new book, which is called Master of O. It is an updating of the classic story of O to modern Los Angeles, a world in which BDSM exists and uh, submissives have orgasms and the men are not boring. And there's a lot of fun stuff in there. I think you'll really like it if you buy it. But then again, I'm prejudiced. Since I've known you for a long time, go way back, I happen to not be used as a character in any one of these by chance. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way. Many familiar people in one form or another, slightly altered. I'm sure that there are some, the guilty. F- f- some are familiar people book. that we've used to know for a long time. Oh, yeah. You're going to recognize some of these. How folks. long did it take you to write this? It took me a year to write it, and I've been marketing ever since. And uh, we have two versions. Actually, we have three. We have an electronic version. We have an uh, a non-illustrated paperback version that's safe for work or for your relatives or to leave around the house. And then we have the super deluxe, highly illustrated version, explicitly illustrated by the artist Fernando, who's really quite wonderful if you're familiar with his work. And that is this one. I wouldn't necessarily uh, recommend leaving it open on your desk in the office, but otherwise, I would say you might enjoy it very much. And who would the audience for this book be? Perverts, or people who are interested in perverts, or people who just generally like hot, sexy books. All those people. That thing I works out pretty good. I was not aiming for dominants or submissives. I was not aiming for men or women. I was not aiming for any particular orientation. I was aiming for people who just like good kinky literature that still has some relation to a vaguely recognizable real world, unlike a lot of the fiction that's been going around lately. Part of the motivation to do this was that I had never seen a dominant guy portrayed in an appealing manner. They range from boring to obnoxious, but they're never really very appealing. And I thought, nah, it's not true of all of us. It's true of a lot of us. I mean, a lot of us are boring and or obnoxious, but there are some who aren't. So I decided I would... Present company included. And so I decided I would tell this story, the familiar story of O, from the master's point of view. And I think that people will be very surprised to find out what goes on inside the mind of a master when all that kinky stuff is happening. Ernest, you also said that you could have an electronic version of this. Can you go out and get it on Kindle or get you it for can. Nook? You can. Get at, you can get all versions of it directly from its own website, masterofo.com. Bum, 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 bum. That's, our, that's our arpeggio. Good. Um, that's, that's, that's part of her She does arpeggio duty as a slave. It's part of what she does. But in any case, yes, you can get it all at masterofo.com. You can also get it from stockroom.com because they own Daedalus Press, which is our publisher. And if you do buy it on Amazon, it's the same price, so there's really no reason to go there. But if you do, post a nice review. I want to see that. But the best Amazon review, my personal favorite, said, If Fifty Shades of Grey is mommy porn, this is daddy porn. 
Perfect. I love it. Ernest and I go way back into the BDSM world here in the city of Los Angeles, state of California. It's all his fault. It, it, all of it. All, no, it's not all it's my fault. All your but fault. Uh, we'll use this as a little teaser. This is I just ran into him here at DomCon in Los Angeles, and uh, Ernest er, is now signing a book for me. Yes, and I, um, I will get that book, and later I will have the opportunity to sit down with his lovely wife, Nina, and Ernest, and we will have a very long interview about everything. The old days. We'll talk about the old days and where uh, the Society of Janus Southern California chapter came from and how Persinium got going and how Threshold got going. It'll be a good interview. In fact, if I could just take a moment, I have to tell a funny anecdote that I tell a lot about you. Uh-oh. When I I succeeded you as coordinator after your many, many terms of service there, and uh, after and I was feeling somewhat elated at having been elected, and then you came over and you put your arm around my shoulder and said, so, did they tell you about the vow of celibacy? I said, vow of celibacy? The next thing I knew, we were having our first party of the summer, the air conditioning blew out, and I spent the entire party on the roof trying to fix the air conditioning while everyone downstairs got naked because it was so hot and sweaty in there and had a great time. And then I thought, uh, the vow of celibacy. I think I get it now. <laughs> so I still hung in there for six years, during which I was not celibate the whole time. Good. That's all I, I only did it for five years, and I was practically celibate the whole time. All right, Ernest, thank you very much. Mr. Cindy, what are you doing? I am trying to download the podcast, but I am not tech savvy. I am having a hell of a time. Well, luckily for you... For your Android, there's now the Blissbringers application. A mobile application? Yes. No. You can just search for it in the Google Play Store, or you can go to android.blissbringers.com with your web browser and get it from there. So what does it do for me? It downloads the episodes, it streams the episode, it slices and dices show notes and articles and it allows you to send us voicemails, One mails, touch? of course. Wow, I love it. You Simplicity. can tweet. So what you happens if I have an iPhone? If you have an iPhone, then you go to itunes.blissbringers.com and the podcast will automatically end up in your regular podcast. I don't have to do anything? It's automatically scheduled? It's one click and you're done. Sweet. Enjoy. Naughty News of the Week. Hi, everybody. This is Professor T. I'm dropping by to deliver some naughty news. All right. So what's all in your bundle of news, Professor? Okay, I have three pieces of news. So the first thing is, so remember Naked in Toronto? Anyway, we spent the weekend at the Oasis Aqua Lounge in Toronto that weekend, and they've had an interesting event lately. They had the deliciously disabled sex party. So it was a sold out event. There were 125 spots and it was not an orgy. They were very clear to say that it was not an orgy, but it was the coming together of the sex positive community and the disability community. And they set the whole club up to make it totally accessible. So they had devices to help people, like harnesses to help people in and out of wheelchairs and hydraulic lifts and things. Did they have and then hydraulic they had sex swings? That would be awesome. I don't know. They did. They had things to help people so they could explore. Okay. I. That's what the article said. So. And why do they call it not an orgy? Isn't that 
officially more than six people? Well, I think they didn't want it to seem like it would be everybody having sex with everybody. So consent was really important. They had an ask once policy. If someone said no, that was it. And that was supposed to help take care of consent. Is that different from the usual policy? I don't think so. I don't. In fact, I think a lot of it was not different. Most of it was the same as what we usually see. Mm-hmm. And they said that people could watch or they could flirt or they could play, but you can do that on a normal night too. So the only main difference was that it was fully accessible and that it was the, the organizer said that he wanted the event because it would start a discussion that wasn't being had. Namely, just because you have a disability doesn't mean that you're not sexual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is more newsworthy towards vanilla people than sex positive people because they'll be like, okay, yeah, uh, disabled people have sex too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the feminist porn awards that we went to a few years ago. A lot of the feminist porn has disabled actors in it. Mm-hmm. What's cool about it is that they don't focus on disability as like a fetish or anything. It's just to have a diversity of participants. I don't see a lot of disabled people at most of the parties that I go to. I've seen them twice, at least, that I remember. One time I remember there was a a guy who was um, missing most of his arm. Yeah. And the other time was a, a woman in a wheelchair. I don't think I ever saw anybody treated differently. So I think it might have though been really empowering for the people mm-hmm. yes. there to be with a hundred other people, all of whom had either a disability of some kind or who were just not going to make any kind of judgment about disability. Because what they said was that they loved the idea of just being able to be free. Like the freedom to feel open about their sexuality, which I guess a lot of people with disabilities don't feel. I think opening them up to the idea of going to a quote-unquote sex club will do wonders for their their mental state. It would do wonders for anybody's mental state, really. In real life, people with disabilities are usually assumed to be asexual. And exactly. That is, which and is that is pushed thing. upon them from the outside world. Right. So some of that sooner or later is going to rub off. Right. And then they had different kinds of entertainment. So they had a guy who uses his penis as a paintbrush, for example. He would paint things, dip it in paint, and then paint pieces of paper. I want, but I'm, out to people. I'm not trying to remember if I've ever been that drunk. but <laughs> I don't know if he was drunk. Not saying he was, but that sounds like one of those things that sounds like a good idea when you're very drunk. So that's the Oasis. So it sounds like it was a really successful event and that they're going to do it again. And the organization that put it on is called Deliciously Disabled. The other big piece of news is the Addy pill. It's a libido pill for women. It's just been approved by the FDA. Everyone was comparing it to Viagra, but you know what? It's really nothing like Viagra. First of all, Viagra is not something that helps you with desire. It just keeps... Yeah, it's it was designed as a heart medicine. Oh, is it? Yes. And actually, they they found out that getting boners was a side effect. And then they said, oh, you know what? You know how we can make money? We sell this as a boner pill. And there 
There comes one of the biggest commercial successes of all time. This one doesn't affect blood flow. What it affects is it changes the balance of certain neurotransmitters in the brain. So it's a little more invasive. Yeah, it's a little more psychoactive. And you need to take it every night. It's not that you take it when you need it. You have to take it day after day after day after day. It's kind, it's kind of like um, taking antidepressants or something. So what do you so, feel about this? I don't think it's anything like Viagra. We shouldn't be comparing it to that. It also has tons of side effects. So yes. there's a huge warning on the package that says, don't use this if you drink. Well, okay. I mean, so many people drink. If you dr- use it when you drink, you get low blood pressure and possibly fainting. It is not to be used by people who have liver disorder. To be fair, those warnings are something that you see a lot. And I think most of those are on Viagra as well. I think it's going to be not that much of a success. One or two people are going to try it, taking the pill one or two times, and then it's going to do nothing. And then it's going to fizzle out. And I don't really see this becoming a almost a party drug like Viagra and Cialis. Oh, absolutely not. I see if- this more as something maybe long term for people who have quote unquote psychological issues. If this can help some people, then good. But I see it as a very small market. And you're right, because here's what I read. I, it's for women who have lost sexual desire. Only about 10% of women even have that condition. And it's not for women who have lost their sexual desire because of illness or relationship trouble or as a side effect of other medications. So, you know, it's not for most women. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's not going to be... I think it's going to fizzle out. One of the positive things that some of the people in the women's movement have been saying is that at least there's some attention being given to women's sexuality, because for a long time, it seemed like sex was just all about male desire. And the pharmaceutical company's fixation on Viagra proves that. And so they like the idea that at least some money and research and effort was put into addressing some issues with women's desire. But it's not exciting to me. It's mostly hype based. Yeah. Thanks for that, Professor. Okay. What else do you got? Hackers and Ashley Madison. Yeah, that was in the news a lot. Being the tech guy. So let's first hear it from a non-tech perspective. How did you see this? Okay, here's what I heard. I heard that hackers with a kind of moral agenda hacked into AshleyMadison.com and got account details for something like 32 million users, which shocked me. I didn't realize that there were even 32 million people on this website, which is a website that's specifically for married people who are looking for fares, right? Mm-hmm. These hackers called themselves the impact team. And what they did was they released names, addresses, and phone numbers of these users because, and, and they and were credit targeting card details and credit card. Oh, really? And yes. credit card details. And they were targeting them because of questionable morals of the company, Avid Life Media. Yes. And they were kind of blackmailing them. Into shutting their site down. Shut the site down or we're going to release this data. So that's my take on it. Okay. Is that right? Um, So far, yeah. Now, what's your moral assessment of this? Like who's right and who's wrong? Mm -hmm. I think that 
it's wrong to hack into a website because you have a problem with their moral agenda. I mean, I don't know what I think of a website that helps people have affairs. I mean, really, why don't you just... People should just be more open sexually. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't need that website. But I guess not everybody has that. To me, looking at it from the outside, there's Mm -hmm. a couple things. There's the overall sleaziness of the concept to begin with. But that's neither here nor there in my book. One of the things that, for example, Edison Mashley did, first, they charge uh, exorbitant fees. Secondly, they charge people for a service to have your data removed, where you paid like $80 or something like that extra. Oh, to have all your, your details, your profile details removed from your site when you finally said, Oh, I don't want this site anymore. But here's the kicker. They took the money, but they didn't do anything. They still kept oh, your yeah, details. I, I read that. So that by itself is already very sleazy. Another thing that is interesting to know is the women on that site, quote unquote, nearly all of them were fake. Even in the license agreement that you had to accept on the site, it said that most of the female profiles are for entertainment only. You're and these kidding. are these are paid agents that send out messages and things like that. Wow. But if you think about this entire concept for a couple minutes, then you know that the mathematics behind it wouldn't work out otherwise. There aren't enough women going to sign up for this thing to make it worthwhile for the guys, right? Right. So the only way that they can keep the guys hooked for longer term is by giving them fake hope, by sending them flirty messages or having hot women look at their profile or stuff like that. So that's what the impact team didn't like. I don't know what they didn't like or or not like. Those are the things that I don't like about their particular service. So they've been both actively lying on certain services and other services misleading people because nobody really reads the license agreement of a website. Right. You just don't. You just click, okay, I agree. Yeah. So those are two extremely sleazy things that they've done. So what I read was that actually 90 to 95% of the users are male. Yeah. So you're right. The math wouldn't work. So it's going to be a total sausage fest and nobody's going to... What do the men actually think is going to happen? I mean, do men think that women are going to sign up in the same numbers as them for these things? Yeah, that's what they, they're they made to believe. So the entire concept is based on a lie. Right. If, if you don't believe me, sign up for no, a no, no. your site or sign up for an OkCupid profile as a man or as a woman. And then you will see, as a woman, you receive about 30 to 40 times more emails than as a guy. Right. Whether it's on OkCupid or on Casady or wherever. Try signing up as a single male or signing up as a single female. See what happens. And those are people on sites like Casady, females who look for a fling or swing or whatever or a one-night stand, right? Right. They're really people over there. Yeah. Because people go to go to a, a swinger site for that. Yeah. I don't think that they would go to Ashley Madison or whatever site for that to, to get laid. They just they can just go to, on Tinder and get laid in four minutes. <laughs> so how is it that Ashley Madison was so popular at all then? Marketing. 
do people just, and, and do the men that join this, they don't know about the other possibilities? The way that people there? call their, the way that people, sites like this count their profiles is by number of total profiles. So every person who ever signed up and left counts as a user. I see. So there weren't 32 million users. Not active users. Active users. There may be totally 32 records in their database of which 99% of the 5% at most females were bots or employees. <laughs> of the three news stories, I think it's the most interesting, actually, because the hackers had such a moral, moralized agenda. And it's not clear now, based on what you're saying, what they were upset about. Were they upset about the lying or were they upset about the fact of this website that facilitated affairs, which obviously it didn't do very successfully? I just know that there aren't really many innocent people in that. I do have a little bit of a problem with personal details and credit card information being publicized. Absolutely. Well, and also, I mean, I do think it's kind of sleazy, but I don't think that the men who have profiles on that site should be outed. No, but it's the only way to take down the site. Yeah. So that's the news. Thank you for that. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on to do the news. It's been a while. That is all that we have time for in this episode. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for next time. By the way, if you have any good questions, we are doing a listener questions episode. So send them in at info at blissbringers.com or send us tweets or voicemails. We take it all. Until next time, what's your pleasure? All names mentioned in this show are either fictional, taken from public record, or held by people who have given their explicit consent to be mentioned.